If we seek to find what our purpose in life is, then we shall never be able to actually connect who we are to a purpose we choose. Instead, if we can choose to be purposeful in any given circumstance, then we will choose or be given a purpose in society and then choose a purpose we wish to undertake in life. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 156, total episodes number 268. Thank you so much for being here with me today. This episode was incredible. This podcast would not be a thing without the guest that is here today. Two years I've been looking forward to having this gentleman on here. My guest today is the one and only Pejman Gadimi, and he is the author of Third Circle Theory and countless other books, blogs, you name it. He is the founder of Secret Entourage and a plethora of other companies, but the one that I'm most familiar is the one that helped change my life. So this one was a little bit different than the podcast usually is, and for good measure. I hope you find as much value in this episode as I did. I know for me, this was life-changing yet again. So thank you so much for being here. Remember, you can find this episode and all of the conversations and the contemplation episodes on christophlewis.com forward slash podcast on any podcast app and on YouTube. Head over there and subscribe. The best way to help this podcast out is to share it. So without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast. Create your career. Hey, I appreciate you having me, brother. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Like I was telling you off camera, the book that I read that you wrote, Third Circle Theory, completely changed my life. And I think a lot of people say that. I don't know if they mean it, but I can tell you right now, and I told you before, that it absolutely did. And I've been looking forward to this interview for two years and it's really special for me. So I would like to ask you a lot of things and we don't have enough time for all the things that I wanna ask you. So let's get straight into it. And before we get into the rest of the episode, do you mind introducing yourself for those of us that may not know who you are? Sure, so uh, I was born in Iran, um, very, very, uh, in 1982, in a very bad era, filled with war and issues. And me and my mom flee to France and uh, long story short, we spent about 11 years in France trying to come to the United States until we eventually made it. So grew up very poor, going country to country, trying to kind of find uh, my mom, trying to find kind of a niche for me to kind of be able to get raised in the United States like most immigrant parents want. you know. And so when I eventually made it into the United States, I realized that um, my mom had basically given me all of her you know, power, meaning at that point, she was already kind of burned out. She had gone through multiple countries, spent a lot mm. of time reinventing herself over and over, only to find that she really never had made it from a monetary standpoint to the level she wanted, but was able to give me at least an incredible start, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that start was basically that I had a roof over my head and we had food, and that was more than I could have asked for. And mm. while the roof was my uncle's basement, it wasn't necessarily a house of my own or anything. Uh, it was definitely a great opportunity to understand that the finish the starting line is very different for all of us. And for me, that starting line was negative 100. Mm -hmm. And I had to figure out a way to get to that zero starting line, which was build my own life, right? So I started working at 14, 
uh, as a telemarketer without a green card. And then from 14 to 18, basically was uh, in that telemarketing company and became the director of that company. Uh, at 18, I became the youngest bank manager in the United States, uh, going into then till the age of 23, where I became the youngest vice president in the United States for a bank. And then at 25, I was fired. Uh, so after having been fired, I already had kind of a side business washing cars that I decided to basically invest the majority of my time uh, undertaking because I had nothing else to do. And when I got fired, something very interesting happened to me is I lost my purpose. You know, mm. I didn't lose my money because I was already rich. I had made some really good investments in real estate and really uh, intelligent investments in myself throughout the years. And so financially, I wasn't poor. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I got fired sure. with, a, with a Lamborghini and with the opportunity to buy another Lamborghini. So I wasn't in a place where I was like, oh, my God, like things are tough <laughs> and how am I going to eat? You know, uh, I own my house outright. So things really weren't that bad, you know. But one of the things that had happened is I had already always devoted my entire life to being a banker. I was really good at it. Uh, I was extremely talented at it. And I thought, hey, you know what? This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen when you get hired at a job, they ask you, what do you want to do? You know, what do you where do you yeah. see yourself in five years? You know? And at that time, when I got hired into a banking job, my thing was, I'm going to be CEO of this bank. And I actually meant it. You know, I was on my way up. And I wasn't one of those guys that was like, yeah, I'm going to be that. And six weeks later, I was like, yeah, I hit this job. So I was finding a way to get there only to be met with kind of some uh, from a, from with a roadblock that basically made me realign the fact that perhaps my purpose wasn't to be a banker like I expected. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it made me re-engineer uh, my own purpose, you know, at the age of 25 and basically started a company called VIP Motoring, just to make story short between that and the car wash. And VIP Motoring became the world's first investment firm that enabled people to basically invest in alternative assets like watches, art, and cars. Uh, that firm basically became my knowledge of everything I knew in banking and the auto industry and my passion for cars, watches, and everything, and brought it all together mm-hmm. in a finance model that made sense. Uh, about two and a half years after that, when things started getting really good at that business, you know, and actually working and I actually realized that, man, this could be a big business. Uh, I remember one basic thing that happened in my life that was like a big deal for me. And it was that I, I realized that while I had reached something else, you know, it wasn't banking this time, it was something new, that it still wasn't giving me that that level of fulfillment and purpose, you know, or anything mm-hmm. else. And so yeah. I started looking back at uh, what had made me so successful my entire life versus so many people fail at everything they touch. And I had found so much success in everything I do. And I realized that it was teaching. Like, I love teaching. I love helping yeah. people. I love teaching. And I know a lot of people say, well, my goal is to help as many people as I can. But that doesn't mean anything. It's the same as having a goal that says, I want to get really rich, right? That doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. per se. And so for me, helping people had to mean something greater. And I said, you know what I want to do? I want to teach a lot of people. I'm tired of teaching just 10, 15 people a year, 20 people a year that interact with me or my employees, my friends, et cetera. I want to teach the world, right? And so I realized since I never had a degree and I really didn't enjoy it and I didn't want to teach in the confines or the, or the boundary of a school, I decided I'm going to teach people online. And I realized then in 2008 that I knew nothing about the online market. And I didn't know anything about online anything. I barely knew how to use <laughs> online banking, you know? So this is the, the funny thing is like the guy that basically starts an investment firm doesn't even know how to use a smartphone, you know? And so basically one of the core concepts there was that I realized I was going to take 10 years to figure out how to reinvent my entire notion of who I am so I could basically transcend myself online to some degree, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I did is I started a blog called Secret Consulting at the time, yeah. which became later known as Secret Entourage, which yep. became the powerhouse that basically launched Third Circle Theory. And from there, kind of spent literally seven years getting to know how to be online, you know, one way yeah. or another. And 
wrote a lot of blogs, a lot of books. I wrote actually 10 books before third circle theory and most people never heard of them. You know, that's how it works, you know? So people thought, you know, that overnight like book that made it was really 10 attempts later. Yeah. 8,000 blog posts later, 10 books later, one, you know, bestseller that came out of it, which brought a lot of attention back to secret entourage and what it was. And it basically brought the, the, the organization up, like the yeah. idea that entrepreneurship was an, a necessary part of the future. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I ended up doing is I basically took all that and, and realized that I had now mastered the art of being online. Mm-hmm. I understood what it took and I launched a bunch of other companies. So people basically know me for exotic car hacks, watch trading Academy, mm-hmm. uh, secret entourage. They may have seen me on Netflix, um, some of these other publications, et cetera. But a lot of people say, well, you're the guy that does it all. And reality is I'm not. I'm actually the guy that basically teaches what I know. And mm-hmm. even though people say, well, you're doing cars and watches, you're doing business. Well, I know business because I've done it for so long. I know finance because I was so big into it, right? And I built a finance company. But also my finance company was about cars and watches. So a lot of the things I teach about cars and watches are basically an extension mm-hmm. of basically mm-hmm. what I charged people a ton of money to do for them in my firm, which I still own today, but is now starting to... Uh, kind of shrink in a way for the sake of kind of focusing more on this next level of what I'm doing rather than just staying focused on the past, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It definitely does make and, sense. And just, that's kind of it, you know? And for you to know, there's a, actually a third cop, a third uh, and final trilogy coming out to Third Circle Theory, okay. which is going to blow your mind. Okay. So in case you know that. So Third Circle Theory was first, then came Radius. Radius, yep, uh, it's up there Radius too. Radius is the sequel, yep. yeah. So, so a lot of people said, well, wait a minute, Radius isn't as good as Third Circle Theory. You know, it's not, it's a more business book and mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. seeing like the, I, I didn't get that like inspiration like I got in Third Circle. And I usually tell people it's because you haven't heard of the final chapter because you're not <laughs> connecting the dots. It's like saying season one was really good. Season two was kind of like, I don't get it. And yeah. then when you watch season three, you're like, oh, yeah. I see why. That makes sense. Two, yeah. makes sense. That's really interesting. I'm... I got to rewatch that and make sure I catch it, you know? So yeah, that's, cool that's going to come out that. in the next like four or five months. So okay, look cool. out for it. I'll send you a copy when it's out so you can enjoy it. I would love that. Yeah. I'd love to have all three here. So for those of you that are either new to the show, and especially if you've been here for a while, I have 260 plus episodes, 150 some odd guests. And I think it's pretty common to see what the themes are and how a lot of that comes from this gentleman right here. All of those things about really finding yourself and taking the time to find it too. Like you had so many points there, seven years, 10 years, you took to define yourself. You understood what you didn't know and you took the time to be able to learn it and then leverage those technologies to be able to build upon all of the things that you already knew, the strengths that you already had. And then throughout the duration of that and the continuation of that to continue to help people and teach people to help people. And that literally epitomizes what I'm trying to do right now. I've been patient. I'm continuing to be patient. And I always want to highlight to people to help other people as they're figuring things out for themselves. Because what does figured it out really mean, you know, for yourself and the whole thing going back to the very beginning, what you said about getting fired when you were trying to really make a career in that is something I honed down on create your career. That's the name of the podcast, the Christoph Lewis podcast, create your career. So how do you do that for yourself? You were working for somebody else. You got fired. You were fine in a sense, but it gave you the freedom, if you will, the artistic freedom to be able to go, well, hold on a second. I don't really have my purpose. So what should I do? And you absolutely blew well, that wait, over no, the water. Well, let me let me stop you for a second. It, it okay. meant more than that because getting, okay. getting fired wasn't just losing my purpose in that sense. It was okay. re-engineering 
what the word purpose meant. You know, like one of the things that had happened is like you said, you said I worked for someone else. Mm -hmm. And the biggest shift that occurred is I never worked for someone else. You see, that's the thing. Uh. We all think we work for someone else because they give us a paycheck. So we assume that our work is based on someone else's directive, right? But is it really, think about it. Like how many of us work for a company where we would still work there if they didn't pay us? How many people work somewhere if we didn't think we'd have a future or earn a skill or go somewhere? Like it's either one or the other. There's no like, like we work there for our own game. Nobody works for someone because they're so inspired by their story that they only want to work there to be with that person. Mm -hmm. And they don't expect to collect a dime or learn something or they're just saying, you know what? I just want to be here because this is what my life purpose is to serve you. Mm -hmm. It's not right. Like at some point or another, we have to realize that even if we are taking someone else's order or taking someone else's direction, we are still working for ourselves. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the big reasons that I got so hurt getting fired Uh. was because I didn't realize that. I realized then thinking like, well, I work for somebody and they betrayed me, right? Mm -hmm. Like they threw me out, like it was in their hands. So the the blame was external, right? Mm -hmm. And the blame wasn't internal because it, it wasn't really me looking at it and saying, well, listen, this is my life. I'm working here because I want to make more money. I want a better Lamborghini. I want a bigger house. I want these things. So I work here. Obviously, I enjoy the work, but I'm not working here for my boss. So when I when I got that when I got fired, I basically said, "Well, this guy basically took my purpose." When I realized, I said, "Nobody can take my purpose." Mm. That was the shift. The shift was that it was nice. never my purpose. Nice. It was simply a bridge to my skill and talent. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the big difference between people: is you have to start internally looking at blaming yourself for every fucking thing that happens to you. I don't care what it is. And sorry if I'm cursing. I curse at everything. If you follow me, you already know that. <laughs> <laughs> I use the F word like more than any other word. But so basically, if you blame yourself for everything that ever happens to you, if you blame yourself for someone literally running into you drunk at a light, then you will never be a victim of anything. You will not allow that person to basically make you a victim of an accident because you won't allow the accident to stop you. And this is the key is to remove the mentality that someone else somewhere is to blame for something that has happened to you. Mm -hmm. Because the earlier you do that, even if there are things that are out of your hands, obviously, you know, you're driving, doing nothing out out of the abnormal, you're driving on your way, bam, a car knocks you, T-bones you because they run a red light. Obviously, you didn't do anything that was out of context. But, But if you still blame yourself for not paying extra attention, then what happens is the reaction you have to what happened to you, the reaction you have to your circumstance mm-hmm. enables you to not take on the victim, menti- like the mentality of victimhood instantly. And it, it enables you to say, while someone else hit me and that was out of my hands, it was still my fault that this incident happened. And so I will carry that fault forward to ensure that I am not slowed down by this accident. Mm-hmm. I will take the lead in calling the insurance. I will not feel sorry for me not having a car or having been hit mm-hmm. or having a neck injury. I will follow through to make sure this loop is closed and I'm on to the next thing in my life. Because one of the things that happens with us humans is we victimize ourselves mm-hmm. because it's yeah. so easy to do that, right? It's like, hey, I got fired. It's not, it's not my fault. You know, like I was just minding my business. But if I look back, I go, wasn't it my fault? Like I drove a bright orange Lamborghini parked it across seven executives that all had Lexuses that were all black. 
who wasn't fitting in? Were they the idiot or was I the idiot for not playing sure. the game, right? Sure. So yeah, at some point. point, there's the responsibility that goes, maybe I aspired for more. So I said, hey, guys, you should be inspired. I got a Lamborghini. You should want the same thing I have. But I didn't realize that when there's seven of them, there's one of me. Mm-hmm. I'm a threat. I'm not the inspiration. No. I'm the anomaly, right? Mm-hmm. No. And that's that's what people fear, right? And so no. even in that context, I was still the one at fault. You know, oh, I, if yeah. I wanted to keep that job, I should have driven Alexis. I should have watched my tone. I should have said yes, sir, more often. <laughs> I shouldn't have told my boss to go fuck himself where it was like, where where are you? And I was like, yeah. So anyways, I was done with my goals three months ago. So I'm just hanging out. Call me tomorrow if you actually need me. And he looked at me like, you're the highest paid guy here and you don't give a shit to even tell me like where you are. And I'm like, no, nah, because I already know like I'm better than everybody else. So like that arrogance is what got me fired. Yeah. You know, even though I didn't do something wrong per se, I built up a case against myself, not mm-hmm. them against me, but me against me, you yeah. know? And, and that's one of the things I think everybody should take back. Even if they get nothing else from my story is that you're always at fault. Even when there are things you can't control that happen to you, you still made them happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the most important parts, it's all very, very good, but I love what you said about you, you jumped in and you said, you know, you can't take my purpose. And that right there is one of the, nobody can. And even I just love the, I think you said rewiring the rewiring of your brain to how do you perceive these things that happen to you? And even if if something else happens initially out of your control, your reaction, how are you going to take control from that? How are you going to accept what happened and move on and not linger on what happened? I think a lot of people get wrapped up in that. Is that something that you're always quote unquote good at, or how have you become as good as it as you are now? Well, I'll tell you something and it actually links back to third circle theory. Okay. So life can basically come down to three basic circles. Like for people that haven't read third circle theory, it's basically the mastery of circumstance, the mastery of society and the mastery of life. And the connection between all these three things, the advancement from one circle to the other, the evolution from one circle to the other is, is actually driven by this word purpose. And purpose in the same essence that we talked about victimhood is linked to the same abstract notion. So if you think about purpose, most people will say, I wonder what my purpose in life is. I'm young. I wish it would unveil itself to me. I wish I would see it. I wish God would give it to me. You know, they, they take it to that next level. They mm-hmm. go, I have a divine purpose on earth. And that purpose will magically manifest itself in front of me. And I will know for a fact that this is what I'm devoted to, right? So, so this is where, again, this mentality of victimhood comes in. Remember, we said it's not in our hands when you're a victim, right? So again, the same thing with purpose, right? It's not in my hands. Someone will unveil this for me. Some event will open this for me. It's not about me unveiling my own purpose. It's about me waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And when we wait for something, we're a victim of what's happening. So we've never really left mm-hmm. the first circle, right? Sure. So the point of how purpose can become such a huge driving factor to evolution is basically understanding this very core concept. If we seek to find what our purpose in life is, then we shall never be able to actually connect who we are to a purpose we choose. Instead, if we can choose to be purposeful in any given circumstance, then we will choose or be given a purpose in society and then choose a purpose we wish to undertake in life. So one has to realize that even if they work a job, or even if they exist in the middle of an accident that has occurred to them, they hold a purpose in time and space at that very moment. 
The purpose might be to make sure that the accident is handled carefully. Mm -hmm. It could be that you have a, you have a, a, maybe you work at a grocery store and you have to bag groceries. And your purpose at that moment is to bag groceries. And when we accept that our role can be achieved and be purposeful doing it, instead of just saying, this is a temporary role for me. This isn't the job I care about. This isn't the next thing I want to do. But rather say, how can I be the best mm. in my purpose today in what I do, regardless of what it is? Yeah. If I'm a, and then so that one day when we are assigned the purpose, someone says, hey, listen, you're so talented, PJ. I think you're a great teacher. You should come teach at our university. I'm like, oh, my God, great. That is a given purpose. Someone has, has analyzed the talent. And I said, I would like to give you a purpose for the next three years to teach in our university. So I would say that is my second circle, my acceptance of society. My mastery of society goes through that state of purpose. Only then I say, you know what? Through this, I really realized I love teaching. And I'd like to go teach maybe physics to all these geniuses from Harvard. And I'd like to create my own foundation and so on and so forth. Now I have chosen the purpose that I wish to take forward. And so one of the things that happens is the same way we have to master this evolution internally, we also have to master the rewiring of our understanding of this very common word called purpose. We have to push purpose forward by understanding that circumstantially we can still be purposeful mm -hmm. in society. We can still be given a purpose and Take that just like I was given a purpose to be a banker and I achieved very well. And then we can elect as a result of cultivating our talents and skills, elect to choose a purpose and devote and commit ourselves to our chosen purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think the big difference between someone who waits for a purpose to unveil themselves and someone who has found their purpose is basically someone who understands the power of choice. Mm. And that choosing is ultimately the strongest and most powerful gift we've ever been given because we can choose what we devote our life to the same way we can choose what we are going to be purposeful at. Well, I like that so much. And I love that you're setting the, the habit, the consistency of doing the best you possibly can at what you're doing in the moment, no matter what it is. If it's that car accident, taking control of the situation, if you're, like you said, bagging groceries, whatever it is, because you need to set the habit of doing the best you can. So when you said the next thing comes along, when the opportunity actually comes along, when you make the opportunity happen, you'll be ready for it and you'll be able to execute and know how it is to perform at your 100% when that occurs. So I really, really like that. And the choosing, having the purpose, is, is so good. I want to shift into asking you something that you're currently working on right now to take you to the next level, because we've talked about third circle theory, which I really obviously has it's changed so much in my life, but I always relay this to kind of, you work in the gym, you work out, you look good, you feel good, and you feel like you're plateaued. How do you take it to the next level? You switch it up, you do different exercises, maybe you run more, maybe you lift more. So what are you doing right now to continue to grow as an individual and continue to take forward what you've applied throughout your life until now? Well, I continue to practice what I'm mastering, right? I'm mastering teaching, so I continue to teach. The mm -hmm. only way we can master an art is to practice it. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things is, you know, advancement doesn't always mean something new, right? A lot of times we look at, you know, you ask every, I'm sure you've had hundreds of people on this show, right? And I'm sure you ask a lot of people, especially if you have marketers, I'm sure you've had some guys that are marketers on the show that have had, you know, some kind of infomercial product or something. 
And often when you ask them, what are you working on? They'll go, oh, I got this new product coming out. It's got this new thing coming out. And it's usually very different from their existing one, right? You're like, oh, what is that about? Well, it's this new <laughs> thing. It's going to like revolutionize this. And it's yeah. always something new. And that's one of the reasons that they'll never be on TV talking about what they were working on 10 years ago is because they're working on something new every year. Mm. Instead of working on getting better at what they do, they just jump ship so quickly into the next thing that's exciting and, and money-making, right? I've devoted my life not to making money, but rather to mastering what I bring forth. So if I bring teachings of third circle theory, you know, radius, business, and these other things, I do so on the basis of getting better at this craft so I can teach further, right? Uh, in 10 years, if you ask me, well, what are you working on? I tell you the same exact thing, just getting better at it. That's know? so cool. And, and yeah. The thing is, yeah and, and the thing is, the, the more you do it, the, the more you reinvent yourself around the same topic, the more you prove that you're not going anywhere. Like, and, and that's the key. You know, the key is to commit to your purpose, right? I chose mm. my purpose. I'm not going to change ship overnight and be like, <laughs> again, well, I have this new thing because purpose isn't related to money. Those that jump ship very quickly are those that are more focused on the monetary gains mm. rather than the mastery mm -hmm. of creativity. Mm -hmm. Remember that, you know, one of the key pieces to being successful in life is a commitment to excellence, then a commitment to mastery, and then the mixing, the mixing of mastery and creativity. Mm -hmm. And that's when a lot of people reinvent themselves in the same sphere of what they're working on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. instead of constantly seeking to go to the next wave. So mm -hmm. personally, I just practice a lot of what I teach on a continuous basis and find new ways to get even better at it, to yeah. adapt to upcoming markets. You know, like if I teach, for example, investments in exotic cars, the exotic car market is changing all the time, you know, and I'm ahead of that market. I'm ahead of how to bring better tools and, and services to people in the same realm, not necessarily for the same customer. I mean, around teaching of the same investment strategies, how to become a better investor in these things, despite the changes of like the pandemic, mm -hmm. the recession, mm -hmm. you know, like new changes when it comes to automobile, like we're going electric, you know, like all these things change dynamics of playing field. Mm -hmm. But the question remains, as long as there are investments in play in art, watches, automotive or other alternative assets, I will always be around that field because mm -hmm. that's what I've committed to being in, right? In my mm -hmm. business. As long as teachers are needed in the world, I will always be there teaching because I've committed yeah. to that as my life purpose, right? Yeah, I really enjoy that. And that's something that I found through podcasting. I've done it for two years and I haven't even pursued monetization. Some may say it's silly, but I haven't pursued monetization in two years and I've been able to get, honestly, monetization. I almost call it this mental monetization through a mentoring. This is a mentoring session for me too. And I get to capture this and share this with thousands of people, exactly. right? You know? And I, I and I've grown abundantly not only because like third circle theory to me was like like the, the 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 initial divergence and because of that all these other things have happened so that was something that I I haven't asked anybody else but I wanted to ask you specifically because I've read that book so many times and we're talking about circles and 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 how do we you know get out of the circles and and be able to deliver more value to other people and yourself at the same time so to be able to continuously work on not the new thing and not always try to relearn it is is very powerful to me to be able to work at getting better at what you're doing. And I have seen that growth myself. Like this is my example. My podcast is my example. And I've seen that here. You go back and watch the first couple of ones. I tell you, it'd be a lot different. <laughs> but but that's, but that's beautiful, right? That's the it, art. It, it the is. Art, it uh, is. 
that's the commitment to excellence with each practice round yeah. you get better yes with each practice round here's the thing you also may go back to the very beginning and say there are some guests that i would not have brought on mm. knowing what mm. i know today yes there's yeah. some right. questionable but but again mm. these on negatives they're part of the process yeah. so someone would argue like oh Like in my earlier days when I was doing, I wasn't doing podcasting because I never gave a shit, but I wanted, I always did interviews with people, sure. you know, like, and, and I felt video interviews were powerful at a time. This was in 2008 when podcasting wasn't really around. Oh, wow. Yeah. And one of the things that was really big for me was sometimes I would do interviews with people and I was like, man, like you really shouldn't be on this show. Like, you know, like I see the intention, right? And one of the things that, that happened is I learned a lot through that too. I learned to decipher between a real business and a shitty one, you know, and, mm. and it was someone that was here with self-deceit and someone who was here with a legitimate purpose, you know, of teaching, yeah. right? And, and I think that a lot of people don't realize that you have to go through this process to understand how to read that mm -hmm. because your evolution is, is happening throughout your own commitment to your own excellence. And you've brought up teaching multiple times, and I know that's that's one of the things that has enabled me to grow so much. But not only teaching, but learning how to listen. And that's something as a podcaster or as a host that I've been able to grow again abundantly on. And it's just it's it's just not going to stop. And you're right. You go back and like I personally, I do everything myself, and I'd be able to I, I watch the game footage as you you know I, I I watch myself talk, I watch myself speak, and I'm able to listen over and over again. And there's no limit to what you can do if if you're able to check your ego and, and watch yourself do that kind of stuff. So pretty incredible. So well, why, why do you think, why do you think we have ego? Why do I think, I think it exists for a certain reason. I think we need it for some things. Like for me, it helps propel me to do certain things in my life, but uh, not to be, I don't want it to be in an obsessive way to get in, in, in like it can get in the way of some of the mission that I'm trying to do right now with helping other people and trying to better myself. And sometimes my ego will get in a way of that and all of the things that I think well, why do you that think I should your be doing. Ego gets in the way of it? I'm just curious. Um, that's a good question. And I probably need to think about that even longer to be able to give you an even better answer. When you have, and you're alone in your thoughts and you're trying to be better continuously, it is something I think that has come in my way. But yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to have to ponder on. I appreciate you asking me. Yeah, that's if you can answer these things about yourself, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then you can counter them yeah. and get around them. Yeah, it's if good. you don't pay attention to them and you just let them dictate how you move forward, then they prevent you from moving forward. Like you have to have enough consciousness to realize that your ego is nothing more than the self-created image of yourself mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is either created for the defense of who you are, meaning it is either created to defend from pain mm -hmm. or it is ultimately used to attack the lack of confidence you have yourself yeah and so if you usually lack confidence you create an ego to combat that mm. and the same way that on the same time if you're afraid of being hurt you create an ego to protect that sure so, so ultimately the layer of an ego is nothing more than if you assume there's three circles to every life and the dot in the center is you basically it's a larger dot that's around that circle mm -hmm. preventing the experience of life of flowing through you mm. and basically protecting or moving that forward. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's such a great note to end on. And I appreciate you asking me that. That's why I love these so much. Cause I, I love people to challenge why I'm thinking because I genuinely want to grow. And I want people to ask themselves these questions too, as they're listening. And 
That's a, that's a good one. So I, I really appreciate it. This has been phenomenal. Like I said, I've been looking forward to it for a long time and I'm, I'm glad you shared what you did and I learned a lot from you and I know other people will learn as well. But before we get out of here, I'd love for people to be able to find you, whether it be Instagram, website, anything like that. So you can find me on pejmangademy.com. That's basically a good site to kind of see everything I've been doing, all the companies I own, et cetera. If you want to have some fun with my very direct and sometimes offensive posts about life and Everything else, you can follow me on Instagram. I create millionaires uh, and you can actually request it. It's private because I try to weed out all the clowns and uh, very absurd characters in life. <laughs> but I will absolutely uh, allow everyone to come in on the fun. And uh, outside of that, if you want to take any of my courses, you can always go to learnfrompj.com. Uh, it's as simple as that. And pick your poison, learn, and before you know it, you might get addicted to learning more. So. Wow. I love that last sentence. I've actually <laughs> described it as such addicted to learning more. And like I said, we could go on and on and on, but I initially thought I, I didn't like to learn and wow, how that has changed, you know? So, it's addictive. It, it, the more you learn, the more money you make. So a lot of people don't realize that they go, yeah. Oh, well, how am I going to make money doing this? I'm like, ask yourself, what are you going to learn this new? And don't worry about the money. The money will follow. Yeah, just provide value. So PJ, thank you so much again for everything from top to bottom. I've been looking forward to this one for a while been phenomenal can't wait to go back as i was saying edit it look at that game footage and uh pick apart that and ask myself these uh tough questions so thank you so much and have a great rest of your night same to you buddy